0: This reading is from Numbers chapter 13. The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the people of Israel. From each tribe of their fathers you shall send a man, every one a chief among them. Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan and said to them, go up into the Negev and go up into the hill country and see what the land is. And whether the people who dwell in it are strong or weak, whether they are few or many, and whether the land that they dwell in is good or bad, and whether the cities that they dwell in are camps or strongholds, and whether the land is rich or poor, And whether there are trees in it or not, be of good courage and bring some of the fruit of the land. Now the time was the season of the first grapes. So they went up and spied out the land from the wilderness of Zin to Rehob, (coughs) near Lebo Hamath. They went up into the Negev and came to Hebron, Ahiman, Sheshai, and Talmal, the descendants of Anak, were there. (laughs) Hebron was built seven years before Zoan in Egypt, and they came to the valley of Eshcol and cut down from there a branch with a single cluster of grapes, and they carried it on a pole between two of them. They also brought some pomegranates and figs. That place was called the Valley of Eshcol because of the cluster that the people of Israel cut down from there. At the end of 40 days, they returned from spying out the land. And they came to Moses and Aaron and to all the congregation of the people of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh. They brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. And they told him,
1: We we entered the land you sent us to explore, and it is indeed a bountiful country, a land flowing with milk and honey. Here's the kind of fruit it produces. Where's the pole? Never mind. (laughs) But the people living, but the people living there are powerful, and their towns are large and fortified. We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. The Amalekites live in the Negev. The Hittites, Jebusites, and Amorites live in the hill country. The Canaanites live along the coast of the Mediterranean Sea and along the Jordan Valley.
0: But Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said,
1: Let's go at once and take the land. We certainly will conquer it.
0: Then the men who had gone up with him said,
1: We can't go up against them. They are stronger than we are. The land we traveled through and explored will devour anyone who goes to live there. All the people we saw were huge. We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. Next to them we felt like grasshoppers, and that's what they thought
0: too. And so goes the story from the spies about the exploration of the land.
2: Thank you, Bill. Thank you to our 12 spies and to the giants. That was excellent. Yeah, thank you so much. Um, it's so good to be gathered together. I just want to take a moment to uh, send out a huge thank you to many of you. Um, I, I'm going to ask you to uh, stand up in just a moment, which I know is not the thing that you wanted to do, but if you uh, were part of serving or you were one of the kids who were part of Monumental this summer, so if you went down as a child or if you were even one week down there doing anything, would you just stand up? where you are I just want you to see the amount of people who stepped into all of that yeah thank you all thank you all our our summers at York Alliance are so much fun because uh, kids they look forward to being able to engage in all the different activities that are happening and it's also a great break for uh, many who serve Uh, week after week after week through the school year and so we get to the summer and it's just a chance for them to be able to breathe and so thank you for some of you who stepped in and provided space for that and uh, thank you for uh, loving our children so well and kids it's so good to have you up with us today i'm going to try to keep things interesting for you in fact i'm going to take a risk and i'm going to give you something that could be a distraction but hopefully it's going to be helpful so there's going to be a distribution of glasses that's coming right now so Um, you're going to get a pair of glasses. Uh, They're on cardboard, so you need to fold them to look through them. So as you get them, um, I want to tell you the story that's led up to the story that you're in right now. And so um, we've been in the series called Building the People of God. So the teens and the adults have been with us for almost a year. And we've been journeying through from uh, the Israelites being slaves in Egypt to the point where the Israelites are going into the promised land. And what happened in between was that God heard the cry of the slaves in Egypt. He stepped in by sending Moses, and through, through his power at work in Egypt, he actually released his people from slavery. He, he made them free. They left Egypt, and they started to move to the promised land, and he led them to what looked like a, a dead end. There was a, the Red Sea was in front of them, the mountains were on both sides, and the army of Egypt was following them. And God parted the Red Sea, and Egypt, wa- or Israel, walked through the middle of the Red Sea, and, uh, as well as the mixed multitude that was with them. And then the army of the Egyptians tried to follow them, and God fought on their behalf. The waters came down, and they washed away the Egyptian army was this incredible work of God bringing them freedom. But then what we've been looking at over the last several months is that God wasn't just interested in their freedom. He was interested in their formation. And so what was happening then is that God led them in a pathway toward the promised land where he shaped them. Every single thing that happened was about God forming in them the identity that he desired for them to have. And so that led us right up to the promised land, so there were 12 spies, one who was uh, from each tribe, and they went into the promised land. And you saw them kind of looking around. They were, they were navigating the promised land. And, and they came out, and they, they saw the same things, but they saw the same things in totally different ways. Did you notice that all 12 of the spies, their report was the same? So they saw a really good land. They saw, uh, they, they saw people in the land. It was productive. They saw fruit, and they saw a, a, a land that was rich, full of milk and honey. But they also saw giants, and they saw people who were inhabiting the land. They saw exactly the same thing. But they saw it in two totally different ways. And that's why these glasses are coming out for you. So hopefully, everybody has a pair of glasses. Once you have your glasses, if you want to fold them and put them on so that you can see through them. Know how to do that? Everybody good there? You getting there? Okay, good. (laughs) No, Rookie, you're supposed to fold them, man. Come on. What's, What's going on? Yeah, there you go. There you go. So yeah, get them folded, look at them. There we go. So, so here's what I want to do. Once you get your glasses on, we're going to have a little experiment. I wish you could see what I could see. It's really, it's <laughs> really, it's wonderful. It's, it looks, you guys, you guys look awesome. So, so here's what I want you to do. I want you to cover your right eye, cover your right eye. So now, what does the world look like? Go ahead. Yeah, either red or blue, depending on which direction you folded, right? So it's either red or blue. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. So now cover the other eye. Uncover the right and cover the left. Did everything change colors? Yeah. yeah totally, totally different world, right? Um, now uncover both of them and, and look at me. Do I look like a little, little strange? Okay. Now, now look at this picture that's going to show up on the screen. Ooh, yeah. Okay. Now, now that one's a little like, now go to the next picture. Oh, man. It's just like before. It just doesn't always work the way that you think it's going to. Well, there we go. There we go. Ooh, right? Yeah, look at that. Okay, now now look at the picture, and now take your glasses off and look at the picture. Yeah, yeah, it's not, not like, you, some of you are, like, quickly putting them back on. Like, yeah, whatever. I want to I see it the cool way. So, so here's what I want you to see. All of that stuff was exactly the same. So the the world didn't become red or blue, and that picture didn't suddenly change in form and jump off the screen. The lens that you looked through was different, right? You just you looked and it was was different. And when you take off your glasses, the the world looks a certain way. And what's a very interesting mind experiment is is that the right way? Like some of you some of you are colorblind. And the world looks different to you than it does to those of us who aren't colorblind, but does that mean that those of us who aren't colorblind are right? I mean, maybe we're uh, color rich and everybody else is normal. Like, you know, maybe like what's what's the world actually look like? The the world that we see through our eyes is the way that we perceive it, right? A- and in the very same way, twelve spies went into the promised land. They all saw exactly the same thing, but ten of them saw through a lens that we might call realistic or humanity. They came in and they said, this is a great land. This is, this is beautiful. It's amazing. And there's no way we can go into this land. Like, there are, there are giants in that land. They're scary. Like, there are people and they have fortified cities. There's no chance we could go into that land. But Caleb and Joshua saw exactly the same thing But instead of looking through a lens that we'll call realistic, human, they were looking through a lens that we would call faith, or the lens that God had given them. Now, we call one realistic, and we think that that's more true, like right now when you take your glasses off, you think that's what the world's supposed to look like, right? But think about it in terms of history. If you know what is about to unfold over the next hundred years— which of them was right? Which of those lenses was actually realistic? Do you see how even though the 10 spies were seeing what we would say from a human perspective was the right thing to see, it was the two spies, Caleb and Joshua, who knew that God parted the Red Sea. They knew that God had gotten them out of Egypt. They knew that God had given them manna every morning and every evening. They knew that God had brought water out from the rock. They knew that God had gone before them in every way possible. And so because they knew what God had already done, now as they come into the promised land, they're looking through lenses that you could argue were far more realistic than the other 10 because they could see what God was about to do. There's a ton that's in this passage today, but I think it's helpful for us just to land right there, to recognize that we see through a lens. And as we come into the fall, kids are going back to school. You guys have been back to school for a week or two weeks, two whole weeks. Oh my goodness, it's rough to be you guys. Man, Logos is tough. Yeah, Logos is tough, man. I don't know. Uh, So you've been in school for a week or two. Parents, you have sent your kids to school for a week or two, that's either rejoicing or not so much. Homeschooling parents are like, oh, that sounds glorious, but no, that's not what happened. Uh, So we're all kind of stepping into a new season. Even if you don't have kids in school right now, the fall kind of feels like a a, a new kind of transition in. And my question for you as we go into the fall is a simple one. What kind of lens are you looking through? When you look at the world and you look at what's out in front of you, how do you see it? Because all of us are facing something. Maybe it's a a relational challenge that's in front of us. Maybe it's something at work or something at school. Maybe it's a friendship that's not going the way that we thought it would. Maybe it's it's a financial struggle. Maybe it's sickness or something in your family, sickness within your family. Maybe there's something that's happening in your body or your mind that's not, uh, it, it feels like you're out of control. How are you looking at those things? What, are you, what lens are you looking through? Because we always have an option whether we are going to look through a lens that says, in my human strength, this is what I see. Or a lens that says, based on who God is, what God has already done, and what God has promised to do, I see the world through a different lens. I see the world differently. And so the question is, what lens are you seeing through? Now, you can hear that and we can immediately think, like, yeah, I need to, I need to buck up and I need to look at the world through a positive, um, a- optimistic thinking. But it's very interesting. There's a verse that we didn't read in here that I want to read for you. It's verse 16 in Numbers chapter 13 that I think is, um, it's almost kind of a throwaway verse, but I really think it's the hinge point of this story. Um, in, in the narration, all of the spies have been named and what tribe they've come from. And then it says this in verse 16. These were the names of the men whom Moses sent to spy out the land. And Moses called Hoshea, the son of Nun, joshua he changed his name hoshea and the the hebrew name yeshua very very similar words what, what's translated joshua they're very similar names one hoshea literally means salvation but joshua yeshua means jehovah is salvation almost the same thing they're both seeing salvation But one of them is just salvation. And one of them is salvation coming from Jehovah. When we look through a lens of faith, we're not just looking optimistically. We're not just kind of bucking up and saying, like, the world's okay. I know I'm going to be victorious. It's going to be fine. We're looking through the lens of Jehovah is our salvation. There's one outside of us who is strong enough to bring us victory. And and the beauty of that name Yeshua is that there would come about 1,300 years later another Yeshua because that name Yeshua in Hebrew is translated into Greek as Jesus. There was a Yeshua that would come who would be greater than Joshua and he would not just declare through his name but live through his life, Jehovah is salvation. And he would come to live the life that we couldn't live and to die the death that we deserve to die and through his perfect sacrifice be raised again from the dead victorious so that we would always be able to look through those lenses and say, I I know that in the end, it's going to be good. I know that even when things are difficult, I know even when I face things that seem overwhelming to me, I know that my hope is not in me My hope is not in that I'm strong enough, but my hope is in the fact that God is my salvation. Sometimes it's hard to look through that lens, right? Can we just be honest? Like some of us, um, there are days and weeks and months and years for some where it's like it's hard to get, get your eyes through the lens of Christ. And that's why God gives us one another. You know, there are people here in this church who have for decades been actively looking through the lens of God looking through a lens of faith and trusting taking steps in faith i don't mean perfectly but i mean in a way that goes uh, goes far beyond uh, wh- where i am and where many of us are and that's the beauty of a community like this so kids you have you have people in front of you a, a generation or two ahead of you who have started to step out in faith and uh, teens and young adults you have people who are uh, ahead of you uh, I guess they call what I'm in middle age now that's really a sad thing but I guess that's what I've, uh, it was affirmed in the 830 service that I was middle-aged very quickly and I didn't think that was nice so yeah um, so so you, you have people who are ahead of you and um, and I have people who are ahead of me who are walking the journey faith faithfully and as we walk the journey faithfully we encourage one another to look through the lens of faith. So let, let me read for you uh, a, a great story, uh, just in two, chap- two verses, of a lens that shifted. And it shifts, the writer reminds us, uh, we can keep perspective, kind of keep the focus through that lens because of the community around us. This is in Hebrews chapter 12. It says this, therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, Let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who, for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Through the human lens, the cross was absolute defeat, it was shame. But what the writer of the Hebrews is telling us is that when Jesus saw it, he didn't see shame. He saw joy. He saw to the other side that what would come was the joy of victory. And the way that we continue to see that is through one another, that cloud of witnesses that's around us. That we, we encourage one another back into the way. It says, remember, I know it looks really bad right now, but remember When you look at it through a different lens, you see what God could be doing. And so I I want us to pray into this fall. It's an opportunity that we have all together that we don't have very often. And so uh, the worship team is going to come, and they're going to lead us in just a moment. And um, as they do, I'm just going to ask us to take a a moment quiet. And I know for uh, kids and parents of kids, a moment quiet sounds like it's uh, it's, it's fraught with concern. But um, I, I want to just take a moment to listen to the Spirit. It won't be long. So I just want to ask you to take, take your glasses off and put them to the side. If you have a uh, pen and paper or anything that you're taking notes on, just set those to the side. Now let's just take a moment to be quiet and listen. And so I, I, I'm going to direct you through it. I'm going to ask you to, as you put all that stuff to the side, uh, from the littlest kid upward, just put your hands out in front of you like this. It's really simple. Just put your hands out in front of you. And I'm going to ask you to close your eyes and then just uh, breathe in really, really deep. So breathe in deep. And then breathe all the way out. And do that exact same thing again. Breathe in really deep. And then breathe out. Now, keeping your eyes closed, we're just going to allow God to speak. So, Jesus, would you, by your Holy Spirit, would you come speak to our hearts in these moments and help us to identify those things that we need to see through a lens of faith? Help us to know what feels overwhelming to us, that you are, you're working in the middle of it. So God, open our eyes to see. you to keep your eyes closed for just another moment for some of you uh, there was a a situation or a person or something that just came into your mind and if that's where you're at I just want to ask you to just real uh, real you don't have to make a big show of it but just put your hand up in the air and I just want to pray over those things that if there's something that God brought into your mind I want to pray over those things Jesus thank you that you have Plans that are different than what we see in our humanity. That we can see things through what we call realism that is not at all what you're seeing. And so God, I pray from the youngest to the oldest who just put their hand up and they they saw a very specific thing that is in front of them that's difficult. Would you give them the grace by your spirit to see that through a lens of faith? To trust that you're doing something. that who you have been in the past will be who you always will be and that you will continue in the future to continue to work that out. So you can put your hands down. Jesus, we are grateful for the fact that you meet us here, that we are um, actively in relationship with you, that you speak to us. And so God, help us as we as we navigate that to... Um, to learn to rely on that great cloud of witnesses to learn to listen to your voice and to take steps of faith to follow after you and so god i thank you i thank you for this community i thank you for the joy of being family together thank you that we get to journey with one another and i pray your blessing on each one of us as we step into what's ahead this fall god would you go before us and work in mighty ways